0: Hello and welcome to the Unmasked Podcast. This is At C. to Lean and we are a lady down at Southern Cynic is hanging out at home, being quiet, but I am here with Akira. Hey, Akira.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Girl, it has been a long day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. It just felt like from the moment I woke up until now, like things yeah things getting out of orders, changes to your day things certain tasks that you're working on that should not have taken as long as they were yeah I, yeah I'll be happy once this day is over.
0: yeah and then we we were up late we were <laughs> we were up late in the DMs and I know you watched the after show and stuff so. Yeah, it was a late night. Late nights and early mornings don't often mix well.
1: That's actually that's one thing that I do miss about Mr. Robot being on originally during the summer. Yeah, I was like, ah, as you know, uh, what is it? You know, us being t- us being in the teaching profession, we usually have our summers to ourselves somewhat. But yeah. It's like, all right, back to up to rise to work to go to work the next day.
0: I know that was like I agree, that was my biggest complaint when they switched it to the fall because one it's my summer guilty pleasure, although I don't feel too guilty, but I'm always up late because you can't you have to you have to have like a good hour to mm-hmm. calm down from watching this show so you can even sleep. So I knew it was gonna be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think we were extra excited because you were watching um, the Verge's after show on Facebook Live and we were talking to the DM, and you just casually, casually DM Southern Cynic and myself and go, Oh, they just talked about our podcast. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was a pretty sly, like, like, yeah, yeah in case y'all missed this, like, uh, but of course, internally, I'm like screaming, are y'all watching this?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that was a nice
1: surprise. I was like, oh,
0: okay. okay. I know. I was like, "Cause I'm like, what tweet? Which tweet was it?" So uh, yeah, that was cool. I actually went back and watched it once they weren't live anymore, so mm-hmm. I could um, see it for myself. So that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Um, and I did love that tweet about Tyrell's beard. So yeah. that was,
1: that cool. beard, was, that beard was nice. I'm kind of sad. I'm sad to see it leave so soon.
0: I know. And um did you read the um article in the Hollywood Reporter? It came out right after the episode um was done basically and it was Sam and Martin talking about the making of the episode and he was saying it roughly took them about 8 weeks to grow that beard.
1: Yeah, um I mean if anything you got to give it to the cast of the show for their commitment and dedication to giving it all giving this whole show there and these characters they're all so um yeah um yeah the beard was nice i liked
0: seeing the beard
1: uh give you know gave it a whole different aesthetic i was like okay yeah i could deal with the beard
0: (laughs) um i i never found him very attractive he's very um really not my type But with that being, I was like, mm. and I think, um, tell me the female host's name on the verge.
1: Oh man, see, this is the issue with having a crazy day. is my brain just for certain things just decides to not process it and have it in um so I feel bad now that I can't remember her name.
0: but it's okay. It's the only female host on the verge is after show, but she was saying that he was cosplaying Captain America. Um, and it definitely with the sunglasses with him chopping the wood. I don't know if you ever watch the um, Marvel movies or anything like that, but it totally was because there was this, um, this mock-up graphic of Captain America with the beard and it did look just like Terrell. So.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. Cause yeah. Again, brain is like barely pro- you know, crazy like all over the place processing things today even my students were like miss you kind of missed. you're forgetting a lot of stuff today (laughs) I need to go home
0: (laughs) I'm glad it's not just me because I could really use a nap but hey listeners we are here for you so let's get into this episode and I feel like I want to rename this episode from legacy to questions answered because I felt like I had And we had so many questions answered for us. It was almost like a Christmas gift that Sam gave us last night. And hey, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. So um, the episode, The Cold Open, is basically the night of the hack. And it was answering some questions for us um, to do with the gun, that stray shell casing that Dom and her team found in the arcade, um, what did you think about that uh, initial interaction between Terrell and Elliot slash Mr. Robot before Irving arrives?
1: Oh well, um, to get to get those further answers because I know that season two, that opening epi- up uh, that opening episode, that scene teasing us with the popcorn and then that's it. Uh, so finally, it's nice to get some answers on that. But, uh, man, that interaction there, um, I mean, I was, Christian Slater was, I was dying because of his performance, he just had me in stitches, um, with his interaction with Tyrell, and, um, yeah, with Tyrell's character, um. The
0: the fact that Mr. Robot called Tyrell a lunatic?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm like uh, you know if you got now you know if you got robot calling you
0: lunatic okay I know it's like he took a step back he looked at him and I'm like if he's calling you a lunatic you are off the deep end but one of the another thing that um, he said to Terrell was because Terrell was saying like we were meant to be partners and Terrell said you pushed your way in mm-hmm. and it made me feel like it was reminding me of that story that Joanna told about the first time she met Terrell, and that immediately she kind of gave him this task of getting her these earrings from this woman by sleeping with her. And just this quick bonding that they had. And I feel like Terrell said something about he and Elliot having this bond. And it feels like Terrell really does kind of bond quickly and he's willing to do anything for these people that he's chosen to bond with. And you see that this whole episode and like his desperation to be with Elliot. Yeah,
1: def- I would agree with you there. Um, I mean, to even watch that transition from for Tyrell to go from, um, from in all of watching this hack happen. And then, um, um, the interaction, the initial interaction between him and a robot, when uh, the gun is being pointed at his pointed at him and everything, it was interesting to actually see Tyrell kind of on the receiving end of something like that. Especially considering that he had killed Sharon Knowles, um, to you know. So it was interesting to see him put kind of on his kind of on his knees before he actually got down on his knees. Um, but yeah, he does for certain people have a tendency to latch on to them and just, but also, but also um, with that, keeping in mind that um, joke, that Joanna told him you were not the man that I married and pretty much anymore. You know, if you want to be back in this family, you will fix it. So that I think we, we can view that as another situation where Joanna is giving him an, another task like, you better go do this. You better be that strong man again. Go do this without even questioning what it is I'm asking you to do. Just go and do it. Um, so, you got, so you got to see another um, scenario of that happening. Um,
0: yeah. I have, a, I have a question. When Irving shows up, he's talking to the Dark Army soldiers um, outside of the arcade. Mm-hmm. And, um, when he's, he comes in, it almost feels like they weren't aware that Tyrell was helping Elliot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got that too. I mean, cause well, we've, we've, there's been, I don't want to say hints, but there has been like a lot of talk to that about around the, around the idea of when exactly did Tyrell become involved because well, for them, they say that that's their first time seeing him. And then it's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Isn't the dark guy supposed to have like eyes pretty much all eyes pretty much on a 1984 level type of situation? Um, because, because even then, even like right before they went to the arcade with Tyrell talking to Elliot and Robot saying, you know, i have to know what's going on. We were meant, you know, we just might want the same thing um, before that whole situation of Elliot telling him you're only seeing what's in front of you not what's above you um but yeah but he definitely pushes his way into that situation but it was I mean really just really just like a kind of eye eyebrow raising especially for the dark army because we've seen them so far pretty much be in a situation where we know that even though we may not see them we know that they are Around watching what's going on,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: so yeah, so that was interesting. But then again, I think that for you know, I think that that presented a situation to a situation for them where they had to, again, try to kind of be one step ahead. But it's but it but to me, it even makes me question like, well, was there a lapse in their usually tunnel vision focus on what's going on and being trying to be a step ahead of people? or not
0: Um, or could it be like it was with Angela maybe in an an awareness that Terrell was there and maybe observing from afar and not needing to interact with him Mm -hmm. um, until this happened because you know um, Irving said you boys must have effed up if I'm here so maybe because of what they did the way they executed the hack, White Rose, has decided now I have to step in. Kind of how she had to step in with Angela and make that decision Mm
1: -hmm. if
0: I'm going to put two bullets in her pretty eyes or she's going to be on my team, which kind of um, takes us to (laughs) uh, Terrell leaving with Irving at Elliot's behest, basically. And I remember tweeting um, last night is never let them take you to the second location. (laughs) (laughs) Like in the nineties and stuff. I remember Dateline used to do those, all those exposés and like if someone tries to kidnap you, never let them take you to the second location because you're guaranteed to die.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I guess for Tyrell's case, not like he had much of a choice because yeah, it was either, yeah. He didn't really have that many options, but okay. You know, yeah.
0: That road was dark and long.
1: Yes. Dark alone and not knowing where you are pretty much. Yeah.
0: In a farmhouse. I, I, I mean, he was scared. He handled it well, but um, what was interesting is that after four days we see Terrell gets um, tested. Basically we see the appearance of, um, what was his name in the episode? Wallace Sean is playing Mr. Williams. And I, I love Wally as an actor. Um, mm-hmm. Loved him on the Cosby show. Do you yeah. remember when he was on the Cosby show? Loved him on the Cosby yeah. show. Of course he was iconic in the princess bride. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he showed up with that mustache and that lisp, um, but then he's just being so like dark and, you know, snorting coke, and all that. <laughs> I was just like, "Oh my god!" But I mean, it was it was basically like what Angela went through, um, but cultivated for Terrell. Yes. So whereas we had the aquarium with the slowly leaking water, marking time, we kind of have the boiling tea kettle um causing this anxiety this you know the sound that's kind of making um Tyrell get amped up to the point that he can finally answer those questions honestly what did you think of the questions he was being asked
1: uh the questions that he were that he was being asked I actually found myself comparing obviously comparing them between Comparing those questions to the ones that Angela was asked. And mm-hmm. I was, well, gee, if only the questions could have been that straightforward because the ones that, Ange- that Angela had to answer were so, you know, are you a giraffe or a seagull type of questions. and you're just, I know.
0: Like, it was so, so just, yeah.
1: Yeah, but yeah, but with this one, um, you know, the type of questions that they were being asked, um, you know, you know, they seem like basic generic questions like obviously like let's just get to the truth of the matter. Did you kill Sharon Knowles? Did you do this? Did you do that? Um, but again, you, you know, you knew that these were questions formulated to basically obviously test him and get some, you know, get some information out of him just to see, all right, is this again, is this somebody that's worth us pouring our resources into? Um, but again, I think what really did it for me was all you know of course the constant like having to answer those questions again and again and again, and again the way that this scene was just put together um, between again the elements of Wallace being the amazing actor that he is and the tea kettle and don't you know Wallace, don't look away, at Mr Williams, don't look away, look at me. Really putting the tension there on him and marking, like, also noting him marking the X's, marking the X's, and then mm-hmm. something and then until you finally see the check, like, all right, you finally, you know, got all right, yeah, now we're getting there somewhere. But also, I got this, you know, was also kind of getting the sense of Mr. Williams being some uh, kind of some sort of a lie detector, like human lie detector, pretty much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess. that, but between the two sets of questions, I definitely would probably rather answer the ones Tyrell had to answer than, are you a giraffe or a seagull? And you're just, uh, okay, what information about me are you going to get from me answering that type of question?
0: Yeah, like the question, do you cry during sex? It's like, I, I never want to answer that question. Sure. <laughs> so I, I wrote down um, the questions and what his answers were supposed to be, because Southern Cynic and I had had several conversations about... Terrell and his love for Joanna and mm-hmm. did they really love each other? How did he really feel about his son? Just like all of these questions. And I felt like a lot of those questions were answered mm-hmm. for me. Um, so the first one was, do you love your wife? And he answered that one correctly the first time with the yes, because Mr. Williams marked a check um, immediately. So I'm like, okay, he does love her. Um, then it was, have you slept with anyone else? That was a yes. And then the third question was, have you ever cheated on your wife? And the correct answer to that was no. And I just thought that was so interesting because basically every time he slept with someone else, it was because Joanna told him to.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Then it was, let me see, were you fired? Are you afraid of becoming your father? Do you hate your father? Will you be loyal to me? And I also felt like the questions about his father was interesting, considering what he said in season two about that point, the red wheelbarrow.
1: Yeah. Well, actually to go back to the, um, the point about him cheating on her Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, there have been some ins- um, some instances that we've been told about where Joanna's um, again with the, um, the woman with the earrings, you know, yeah, she told him to go sleep with him. Um, but then also thinking back to when he um, slept with the uh, um, E Corp assistant more so. I mean, for me, I kind of take that that situation where along more so to be along the lines of him doing what's necessary because we've seen both Joanna and Tyrell say that exact same phrase, you know, he's doing what's necessary. I'm doing Mm -hmm. what's necessary. So I think, um, but then again, it could also still be to the point of, you know, Joanna
0: telling him to go do this or, but even, even even if she didn't expressly say to sleep with him, yeah, she was okay with it.
1: Right. And she
0: knew it was going to happen because when he got home, she was ready. She had her ball gag and she was ready
1: yeah so she just knows that you know regardless he's gonna do what's necessary um but yeah okay so back to um was there anything else with the questions oh, oh one other th- well we might talk about urban later but one thing that um that was kind of interesting that i noticed between more so with the whole swedish fish um Bit that Irving kept putting out
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the more that I rewatched the episode, I couldn't help but start you know tie it back to um again angela's um, angela's uh, setting, the room that she was in when she was being interviewed, and how there was a fish in a fish tank, but the water was slowly draining out, and yeah, I just thought I just yeah, I just couldn't help but make uh, later on make that connection to um Irving always um, either bl- literally saying the word Swedish fish or showing him uh, the Swedish uh, Swedish fish treats. Uh, so I was just, huh, interesting fish. That,
0: yeah, that is an interesting connection. That's yeah. a very interesting connection. And I just want to point out that um, Terrell was initially, I think, going to be eliminated until he shouted out that he would always be loyal to Elliot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that was further evidence as to the importance of Elliot for White Rose, that that would be enough Mm -hmm. to save him. Even when Tyrell said, no, I'm not going to be loyal to you, but I will be loyal to Elliot. That that's just another instance of the dark army showing us quite how important Elliot is. Um, and I do want to say we got to see the assistant, Again, we had some really nice interactions with him this past week, Um, Mr. Grant Chang, um, and his Twitter handle is at Carrie Grant Chang. And so in our last um, podcast, we said we didn't know what his name was, and then on Twitter, Um, he tweeted um, to you he said yes I do have a name which means he actually listened to the podcast so thank you for listening grant and actually when I looked at IMDB the assistant's name is grant Mm -hmm. so I I don't know why I didn't catch that before but sorry that we didn't know your name but now we do yes yeah
1: we're still fangirling over that tweet, by the way, just, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, he said next to White Rose, we're are we're, um, dear to his heart. I'm paraphrasing, but, yeah, we were fangirling in the DMs a little bit that night. <laughs> so, basically, after Tyrell is spared a quick death, he gets to work on stage two so we get to see um, two things in kind of this montage of scenes with Terrell. is him working on stage two. We're kind of getting as viewers some answers to what is stage two, what's involved. But we also get to see the depth of uh, love that Terrell has for his son and for Joanna. Those scenes where they show him looking at the body cam. Mm-hmm. I thought Martin just acted those seen so beautifully because it was so subtle Mm -hmm. but you can see um i think they showed the baby cam three times and by like the third time it's like it almost felt like he was holding back tears like you could see how much he missed his son and just those three flashes so i was really glad they did that um what did you think about how he was feeling about joanna as he's reading those um headlines about her
1: um, I think that, again, um, when he last saw Joanna, she again told him, you're not the man I married. If you want to get back in this family, you'll fix it. Um, so for him to see all those articles, publications talking about, or question, even questioning, has Joanna moved on? Does she have another man on the side? So um and the divorce and the divorce yeah so we got to see that yes he you know uh, people again if they're wondering you know was Tyrell aware of all that Joanna was doing um yes to an extent but um yeah I mean it I mean again it goes back to how sometimes we we questioned when it came to Tyrell and Joanna is it a romantic type of love or just like a You know, a different type of love that we made that, you know, we may not get, but they do. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, but again, like, I think we've, I think at one point we've all, we've said, and they've, um, I've also seen this said in interviews that essentially these two are partners. You know, I don't think that you're ever really going to find any two people that work well or any type of two characters that work well with each other within that type of relationship as Tyrell and Joanna do. Um, so again, for for him to see and to see all that, he's already dealing with the you know the task of having to fix this, to be able to build himself back up to being that strong man that Joanna see, you know at one point saw him as. So it's really it's really cutting away at him, cutting away at him and his, his feelings and his emotions, but I think he still even though it does hurt him, I think that he's still going to use that sort of as a catalyst to, um, again, just push forward with that task of becoming that strong man again, that Joanna, you know, told him to go become. Uh,
0: I think, I think after he talked to Irving, he was there, but before when he was chopping the wood and that interaction with Irving, asking him and Irving brings up the divorce, Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of like, yeah, you know, you can't believe what you read. And Tyrell comes back at him with a Bible verse, Mm -hmm. like the word of God was like the last thing I would ever (laughs) expect to come out of Tyrell's mouth. But even the, the reaction that Irving gave to Tyrell in that scene, I thought was brilliant because he, once again, he, took a, he had to take a step back and kind of just walked away because you could see that Tarrell was, you know, standing at the edge. And he made the decision, in my opinion, in my opinion to kind of not throw it all away. But, I mean, what was his plan to leave that cabin? Like, was he going to walk to New York? Was his plan to walk to New York City and get Joanna? I mean, he took a big risk because of that divorce headline.
1: Yes, um, and I know that I tweeted, I was, before I tweeted, I was also screaming at my TV, literally what I tweeted, Tyrell, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, (laughs) like, it's basically throughout, um, basically from that point throughout the end, towards the end of the episode, I was just like, So I was like, why does Irving even bother to open his damn mouth to tell Tyrell anything? Because he just completely starts to do the exact opposite. He tells him, don't go to the window. This guy goes to the window. He tells him, don't leave the property. He goes and leaves the property. And it's just like, do you want to get caught? Do you want to get killed? You know, like, what, Tyrell? What? Um,
0: He wasn't thinking. And I tweeted um, when he saw the cop. And he kept looking at the cop. I tweeted. I said, Terrell needs some black friends to teach him not to look at cops if you don't want them to notice you, because he looked at that cop like five times. And like, could you be more suspicious?
1: Any more obvious? Yes.
0: I'm like, first of all, he should have had some earbuds in. Like, you're just walking with nothing in your ear. He just should have kept on walking. He should have just never looked at that guy. It just kept on walking. But that did lead us to a moment where I tweeted, I effing told you so because we found out that Santiago is indeed in bed with White Rose. And I want to say for the record, since the shooting, the shootout in China, Santiago has been on my radar as someone who. I question his loyalty to the FBI. I question if he was working for White Rose because knowing, having this confirmed makes his actions um, make so much more sense to me now. Were you surprised when you saw Santiago in that car window?
1: Nope, not surprised at all. Because like like you said, you know, the more Dom questioned him and you know Dom is not going to go through the whole question process, like if Dom is suspicious of your ass and asking questions, then yeah, something, your ass is shady, excuse my language. But yeah, Um, when I saw him, I was just, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, knew it. I was like, I knew there was something, knew you was
0: just, uh uh-uh, but yeah. um. But once again, this is showing how important Elliot is She's mm-hmm. using her man in the FBI to basically throw all their um, efforts towards Terrell, who is expendable, mm-hmm. and not towards Elliot, who he needs. So yeah, and no, then there, no, go ahead. I was going to say, and then there was that short. Um, we got to see Cisco and Darlene very briefly, I and don't know that. Yep. yeah, you you talk about it.
1: Okay, so yeah, that, um, I mean, that whole, what, I think what you're trying to say, and then leading to the, uh, what, some, the scene with uh, Cisco and Irving, one thing that stood out to me was Irving telling him, she's protected, you're not.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so yeah, so there's definitely, and also with Santiago, he said, oh, you guys don't give a shit about me anyway. And it's like, yeah, pretty much. It's But even then, remembering what White Rose said about Elliot in the premiere episode, um, you know, we'll use him and you know, we'll keep him for only so long as we need him. And then he will, and then he can die for us just like his father. So to me, that almost makes me wonder like, yeah, someone's protected, but for how long really? Because, you know, again, White Rose and her thing about time and, even thinking back to when she told, to when she told Angela, um, you should have been dead so many days ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So even with that, even again, with hearing, Oh, Darlene is protected for now. Well, again, it's she, so it's like, is it Darlene? Or could it be somebody else? But still, even if someone's protected, it leads me to question, well, they're protected, but for how long?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Because, um, we didn't talk about this, but we see White Rose earlier in the episode and um, we find out that White Rose has basically given us Donald Trump. Um.
1: <laughs> I could only laugh that uh, yeah. I could really only laugh at it.
0: I know I was, I was like, Sam hates Donald Trump so much, <laughs> but they, but, White Rose, because Frank Cody is there. And so we now know that White Rose is manipulating the media. But White Rose is saying that, you know, it's like a marionette. So Tyrell is a a puppet. Donald Trump is being used as as a puppet. Elliot is being used as a very important puppet. But it really is White Rose kind of pulling all of these strings beautifully right now um, but why do you think she chose Donald Trump i know to because she said you know he could be manipulated but why why would she do that now
1: i could, i mean one thing that stood out to me with that scene was again when, was when cody said i know the country is desperate enough so i want i mean part of I don't really have that much time to sit and analyze it really in terms of why he would pick uh, Trump. Um, But I think again, it's, I think again, probably with people that she can, that she can manipulate, but then again, it's really in terms of time, but more so in terms of, Hmm.
0: I thought it I thought it was just a way to get price out of the picture. Honestly, because basically she's been using Price to contact the American government, to contact President Obama, to um, manipulate this UN um, vote. But maybe she thought with Donald Trump in that role, I don't have to deal with Price anymore. Maybe I can, if you want to believe what's going on in real time, maybe I can use the Russians to manipulate him into doing the things that I want, so I thought maybe it was um, a way to get price out of the picture.
1: Maybe, but hmm, I don't know. I'm gonna have to think on that one a little bit more. Um, I, one, I mean, one aspect I could probably think because you know,
0: White Roses again
1: trying to was you know was really trying to get that UN vote and everything like that. But also, you know, with someone like Trump, what we've seen thus far, a lot of deals going on under the table. But, um, you know, so I think again, if anything, it's someone that she can manipulate to get, again, get certain, get certain things that she wants. And then it's also, you know, it's going to be someone that's going to look the other way. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but, You know, that's initial analysis and thinking about it. But yeah, I'm really going to have to dig a little bit more deeper in this. Yeah, you've stumped me for now. It is
0: possible
1: (laughs) that we have a verse. (laughs) It's finally happened. Yay, me. (laughs) It's finally happened. Somebody has stumped me, and I was like, I'm going to have to think on that, let that marinate a little bit more
0: oh gosh
1: but at the end of the day man white rose pushing donald trump <laughs> I, I could
0: the only way i could get through that scene was just laughing you know like okay <laughs> yeah that that's the only way we can do it laughter so you don't cry um yes Laughter so
1: I don't cry or go into my mini, you know, my own version of an Elliot tirade that involves a lot of cursing. (laughs)
0: I'm trying trying not to let hatred live in my heart. That's all I can say. No, yeah, true. (laughs) One of the um, things that, um, in that um, Hollywood Reporter article, there was this quote that um, Martin said, thinking about Irving's character as opposed to, Tyrell's character, and he said that Irving is a top dog playing at being an underdog, and Tyrell is the underdog playing the top dog. Um, Do you see that in how we've seen kind of their interactions in this episode?
1: Yeah, I would say I would agree to that. But even before Irving even got in the picture, um, knowing what seeing Tyrell's progression, if you can call it, I guess we can call it progression because, or digression, digression, or seeing the layers being peeled back more for his character. Um, You know, he started off as, again, like that top dog character, and then you see him uh, get fired, you know, get fired, and eventually all the other stuff that's happened to him. Um, Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And um, Irvine, You know, as an underdog playing the, yeah.
0: Yeah, because we got to see more of Irving. And I, you know, while he's being a fixer, I'm enjoying watching him fix things. Um, That interaction between him and Terrell after Terrell almost gets um, arrested And basically morphing into the person Terrell needs to see in order to basically handle him and keep him focused on the job was what he was doing. And then um, we see basically Mm -hmm. Irving tell his used car salesman that you have to be what your customer needs you to be in order to make that sale. And that Mm kind of gives you some insight into how Irving goes about um, working with all these folks. Um, did you read his book that he's writing? Did you read that page? Did you pause it?
1: I did read some of it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> it was interesting.
0: <laughs> That's a way to put it. That's a way to put it. Uh, yeah, if you if you um, listeners haven't had a chance to go out there and read it, it's it's actually up on Reddit. Or if you have the episode DVR, you can pause it and just read that whole page of his book. Um, his writing so nice hobby for him to have nice outlet per se. Um, the last thing that we see or the last kind of question we might have answered um, during the season premiere, we had asked some questions on this podcast about the time frame from Elliot getting shot and the um, season premiere with him, Elliot waking up, and we kind of questioned, well, what happened during that time frame? Was Elliot unconscious this entire time? Was Mr. Robot maybe doing things that time and Elliot was just unaware? And I feel like we kind of got an answer to that in that last flash before the um, episode ended when we see Elliot open his eyes and then it flashes to Mr. Robot. Lots of implications there. What did you think of that?
1: (sighs) Um. It was really, I think, more again just questioning again just how much aware was either character really, Um, and because especially when we've seen so far with the with the two characters, Robot and Elliot, being separated from each other and one not knowing what the other, you know, not knowing what's been gone, what's been going on, what's been said, but. I think even in terms of that separation, we could probably even speculate that that separation somewhat happened before like the night of the hack because um remember uh Rob uh, when um Tyrell was talking about when Elliot said you're you're not look um you're not seeing what's above you and robots like, What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. But again um but again we I mean we're only seeing like um we're only seeing so much of it, so again you know, it makes me wonder still how much, how much of that, how much of that whole process or that time period was he was he a robot was he Elliot? What was he semi? What was he semi awake for? What was he not semi awake for? Or even even at the point of the of the conversation with um um that Tyrell and Angela were having. You know, was that you know if he was awake to overhear
0: that? Was it mm-hmm. as well, or was it Elliot? Um, well, that also makes me think about um, in the season premiere, Angela had that black case and she said in case he comes back. So I wonder if they were basically keeping Elliot sedated um, during that time frame. So Mr. Robot could be out and they could be working on um, stage two together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and I wonder if we'll ever know because, if we're counting on Elliot's memory, we wouldn't know because he wasn't aware unless they give us a Mr. Robot focused episode where it's just, you know, what has Mr. Robot seen and experienced that Elliot hasn't, but he's going to come out and tell us.
1: Yeah. But, But yeah, but even then it's, yeah, just a question of, how much you know who was aware of what and when um also kind of makes you again question makes me even question all right was Elliot testing Angela when he told her um when he told her I need you to tell me what if I'm ever him if Mm -hmm. anyone I can trust anyone to do it it's you so yeah more questions see how he when we get the answers we always have more questions <laughs> that's
0: what I was about to say it's like we got so many answers but there's still like now there's even more questions so thanks for the present and the curse
1: <laughs> I'm sure if Sam, if, Sam, if Sam ever does listen I'm pretty sure he's like you're welcome
0: <laughs> I know because you said this was his favorite episode this is probably why <laughs> yeah
1: because, again every time it never fails every time we manage to get answers we have even more questions like twice the number of questions that we had beforehand well, okay what about that now
0: you know but that's what makes the show great and that's what keeps people coming back week after week and being excited about it and i am not mad at it at all at all nope. at all
1: no nope.
0: So, um, this past week you were a guest on, um, scene and nerds. So tell us a little bit about what you were doing over there with scene and nerd.
1: Oh, scene and nerd. Uh, they had finally gotten, uh, gotten around to recording talking about, uh, the season premiere and, uh, this, uh, second episode of season three. So it was interesting to actually be able to talk about both of those episodes together. Kind of taking it, kind of rem- taking you back to reminiscing when season two had uh, the part one and part two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they wanted to discuss the episode and invited me to come along and talk about it. So it was interesting to get to be able to go back and rewatch the episodes again and dive in some more, uh, reading some more, reading some more articles or rereading some articles even to that extent. And then certain things that, uh, that Sarah was um, wanting to bring up and I was like, okay, let me go back and reread, um, the stimulation theory to see if I can see what else I can, what else I can draw from that or, um, what else, what else? Mine's mine's blank. but pretty much with that. But it was was a good experience, um, to be able to talk about the episode, but even then to, hear different perspectives and then use that to say to kind of come up with some other points that you may not have thought of before like we were ta- like when we were discussing um darlene doing something with elliot's computer and we left we pretty much closed our podcast by saying that we basically figured that darlene was smart enough to know that elliot was going to figure out that she did something and then eventually that led him to the fbi and um, I had some time to let that marinate a little bit more, and I thought, you know, came to the conclusion of well, wait a minute. there's this theme of duality that's been going on this season, and actually, basically, if you want to you could even say it's been gone as far back as season one, but um, not just but expanding on that theme of not just duality in terms of the characters, but also even their motives to mm. why they do certain things that they do. So with Darlene. Uh, uh, messing with Elliot's computer, I was just. Well, wait a minute. Let's look at it like this. Maybe her doing that served two purposes. One, to get dumb intelligence, but also to um, be Darlene's way of telling Elliot about what's going about what's been going on. Because remembering that scene from uh, the Undo episode, she Darlene was um, trying to say, well, why doesn't why don't I just bring in Elliot so he can talk to you guys? And Dom telling her, no, you can't do that because that's going to go against your immunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just felt, wait a minute. Yeah, that serves, yeah, that also could be that purpose because Darlene knows that he's going to find, that he's going to be smart enough to figure it out. But yeah, I, in the end, just said, "Yep, yeah, this is her way of letting, her way of telling him, um, telling him in a sense what's been going on.
0: Um, so but, yeah. kind of, kind of like killing two birds with one stone, satisfying, her handler, but also still protecting her brother. Um, yeah. And now we know that Elliot is protected because he has Santiago on his side as well, unbeknownst to him. Um, yeah. yeah. So if you guys haven't listened to the um, Cena Nerd podcast, please do. You can follow them at Cena Nerd. Um, they have the link to their webpage, and you can listen to their podcast. And you can listen to Akira. Um, a couple things. So, the actress that played Shayla in season one, Frankie Shaw, she has a new show that is um, coming on Showtime, is actually starting, I believe, next weekend, I think November 5th, if my memory serves me correct, and it is called SMILF, so S-M-I-L-F, that acronym, Single Mother I'd Like to Blank. Like um so have you seen any of the ads for this I saw it like maybe a couple times and at first I'm like that actress looks really familiar and then I was like oh my gosh that's Shayla so yeah. have you seen those
1: yeah I've seen some of them um and yeah it definitely piques my interest I was like yep this is something I'm gonna want to watch um
0: it yeah, seems it a little quirky yeah
1: Quirky's good. I like
0: quirky. Yeah, I like quirky too. I don't. I don't like the ho hum, um, cookie cutter stuff. So I'm yeah. trying to think if I have Showtime or if I have like the Showtime streaming app. So I think I have access to Showtime. So I might have to check it out. Do you have access to Showtime?
1: Um, I don't have Showtime, but I will find a way to watch it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love people who know how to find a way. Um, yes. I just have like friends give me their logins and I just don't abuse them. So, yeah, I have a friend who gave me a Showtime login.
1: Oh, people trust you with their login information.
0: My husband's really good friend, he has giving has given us login information to so many things. And like he put us on his Costco cards. So we can get free Costco. It's like we're his charity project. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) what's up dave i appreciate all of it (laughs) but also speaking of um former characters or former mr robot actors have you had a chance to watch ghosted with craig robinson
1: i have not yet um but I do see, um, see tweets about it all the time on Twitter and I'm like, okay, yes, I'm going to make a point to sit down and watch it. But yeah, so far I haven't yet.
0: Yeah. My, my husband set the DVR to, um, record it. And so it's like on there, like glaring at me and I was actually up late one night and they were showing all of the episodes back to back. So I turned it on and it's, you know, of course the first episode of a series is usually a little bit awkward. Um, as you're introducing characters, et cetera. But yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's funny. Um, it kind of reminds me of the first season of psych where these two characters are trying to kind of fill themselves out as actors. Mm -hmm. Um, but it definitely gets better as the season goes on and there's definitely laugh out loud moments in each episode. So it's, it's definitely worth a, a watch.
1: Okay, so yeah, I'll definitely have to um make a more make a more concentrated effort of sitting down and watching it.
0: okay, I'm gonna hold you to that
1: all right, yeah, yeah, this weekend I'm gonna try to get around to it since it's technically a three day weekend for us. um
0: what's the third day? Is it just like what's why do you have a day off?
1: It's barely a third day. I have to go to a professional development tomorrow, so oh, but you don't you don't have kids. Well, yeah, the students, yeah, students don't have to go, so they got the day off, but yeah, fresh um, professional development, this, it's a non-opt, non-op day, so yeah, I got to go to it, so I'm like, it's kind of like half a day, so I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like technically three-day weekend.
0: Oh, girl, yeah, if you don't have kids, it's like a vacation day, so <laughs> enjoy it. So, (laughs) listeners, you have spent another hour listening to us jab, jab, jab away about Mr. Robot. Hey, if you liked it, we've never asked you to before, but if you maybe want to leave us a review, that would be great. Um, We'd love to read what you have to say. If you want to tweet at us, we always respond. So, hey, we love it. So I am at C CTalene. You can find me on Twitter at C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N. Akira, let them know where they can find you.
1: They can find me on Twitter. Hello, friend, H3LL0FRI3ND1.
0: That's right. Um, and you can find our podcast at Unmasked Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. We are part of the At Brothers Comics family. So feel free to follow them as well. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud and Stitcher. So we hope you enjoy tonight. Good night, everybody.